Le pidió un cigarro a un enano de jardín Me pidió fuego, se burló de mis anteojos y se fue contento Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Song Mess. My name is Richard Villegas. And I'm Beverly Bryan. And you are listening to a beautiful little song called Alberto ha muerto by Adrián Juárez from the film Algún Lugar by Guillermo Swine. As I mentioned, uh, we were playing a little track from a film named Algún Lugar by uh, a Dominican filmmaker named Guillermo Swine, and he's in the studio with us right now. Hey, Guillermo. Hey, everyone. Thank you for having me. Woo. <laughs> Throwback. This is, this is serious feels right now. Uh, now, why is that, Richard? Um, so, okay, so full disclosure, Guillermo and I went to high school together. Yeah. Uh, we, we, we went... To school together. We actually, yeah, we did a lot. Yeah. Ten, Are you saying you've known years. each other yeah. since, like, middle school? Um, or, or, or before. Third grade. Yeah. Wow. Third grade, I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's why I'm a little gagged. I'm going to be a little uh, uh, overwhelmed this episode. And thank God for the cold beer on this 90-degree day. I know, right? Um, and the Jaritos. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Jaritos. <laughs> Um, also, uh, I am gagged because I just finished the movie not 20 minutes ago and I love all the characters and it was really sweet. And, but first I have a really much more important question, um, before we talk about the movie, what was Richard like in high school? I hate you. <laughs> I think pretty much the same person he is right now. Uh, but I guess like right now he's more out of his shell. Yeah. Like back then, um, so basically, as the film 
portrayed our Dominican society is a little bit um, uh, still a little bit old-fashioned, I guess, and um, and a lot of our own personalities had to be like volumed down to fit into that society. Yeah, and I think um, Richards, uh, in particular, uh, had to be brought down to a level that uh, maybe it wasn't comfortable for him or for all of us because we knew he was bigger than than that i, I was guess. in the closet um yeah he was in the <laughs> richard, closet. yeah actually um richard did tell me a story that i i totally believe especially meeting you now where uh he you know he came out to his friends in high school and they were like dog we know yeah yeah i that was the first time that i went back um wait no 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 that was like the second or third time that i went back because um you remember Mariam, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, again, th- these are high school people, but like I, 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 I like had a boyfriend or was like actually starting to like live my life. And like when I went back, I was like, I'm gonna come out. And like I came out to my parents, and like you know that last night of me being in DR was like when like I hit up a friend and like and she was like, oh, let's go to this gay bar. I, I've known you, gay girl. Like let's go dance. And like that was one of the best times. That was my first time ever at a, like at a gay club and. Really? Yeah. Wow. So this is a momentous day. Yeah, I was 19 at the time. It was fun. Anyway, high school was a trip, and we're definitely going to talk about that because I feel like our high school experience really is in this movie. Yeah, I think so. I think um, so. um, So we were in a class, uh, a really small class. We were 28 people, um, of of which uh, seven were men Mm -hmm. or nine were men. And then yeah, it was six for a long time. The major- yeah. most of the time, it was only six of us. And then, almost almost evenly matched sometimes. Twenty. I'm not very good at math. Never mind. What? No, actually, no. 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 Way <laughs> more girls. Just, yeah, way, way more, more girls. girls. Okay. So yeah, so so like twenty two girls and six boys. Yeah, that's usually how it was. And um, so so yeah. So, and at least one of them was not that interested in girls. Yeah, he lied a lot. So, <laughs> fine, so, fine, 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 fine. So actually, what I'm hearing is your odds were great in high school. No, no, no. We well, were, he married one of the girls we went to school with. Yeah, so, that's true. Yeah, but the the idea is that um, <laughs> like we were all, we we were really overwhelmed. Yes, and that is true. Most of them were beautiful, like really beautiful. Facts, actual facts. And um and I myself was really skinny. I was like 110 pounds. <laughs> so yeah, it was. High the school kind, was the kind really of girls cool. that you might drive across the Dominican Republic just to say hi to. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Our, for example. <laughs> exactly. Our, I mean, our our fucking class was like legit, like twenty two girls and six guys. The six guys, there was one who was pretty, and then now it's Pablo, and then oh okay, <laughs> oh please, he had the feathered hair okay. and like he was like from Europe. The girls were dying over him, and then but and then like you had twenty two girls, a good like. 18 of which could have been like on TV or in a beauty pageant or something. Yeah. And like, it sounds a lot like my high school actually. I went to a, an arts magnet school. Yeah. And like, all the girls who like might have been like plus size or just like not non conventional were still gorgeous. Like, yes. every single one of them was gorgeous. Yeah, definitely my high school. Yeah. Um, I have to say that in the film, uh, one of the things that uh, when, when I was approached by the art director, she asked me. Well, the 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 production designer, uh, she asked me like, 
how do you envision the uniform? And so we grew up in a in a high school that had uniforms, and uniforms were like I don't know they defined my sexuality. So I met my wife, and in high school, and she wore that <laughs> uniform. This so is where people end up having like a thing for schoolgirl uniforms, but it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't sexy. You see the you know the uniforms that the boys wore. Those are the exact same uniforms that the yeah. girls wore. So everyone's wearing khakis and polo shirts. Yes. Yeah. Not not khakis, but they were light blue. But blue, yeah. yeah. But okay. but they were the structure of khakis. Everyone's wearing dockers and polo shirts. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but okay but for it the was folks amazing. at home, guys. Um, <laughs> this is a uh, Guillermo made an amazing movie. Um, it's a road movie. Yeah. I'm going to recap it really quick just for everyone before we get like lost in memory lane. Which we're going <laughs> to. Um, it's about like these three um, kind of sensitive artistic kids. And um, one of them has a girlfriend who's moving to the U.S. So they come up with this elaborate plan to drive across the country in the Dominican Republic in this complete beater of a van. And they have adventures, and the whole time I think something terrible is going to happen, or they won't be friends at the end. But then they're still friends at the end, kind of. And Probably. Yeah, it's, I think so. But it's, it's very cool, because, you know, um, you get to see the whole country, and, you know, you really feel the way you feel with adolescence, where, like... You know you have to figure life out, but it's a, it still seems kind of distant, even though it's, like, tomorrow. Um, and... Yeah, those, those ex- existential questions are, like, all over the movie. Yeah. One of them's a photographer. Um, by the end, one of them decides that he wants to be a doctor. One of them's a writer named Hemingway, um, but he's named after the famous writer Hemingway, who actually reminds me a lot of my brother when he was younger. My brother is 30 now. He's younger than me. Um, um, I have a question about that. And, like, we're going to dissect this movie without spoilers because obviously then, we want people to go see it. But but wait, and then they, okay, but they do finally. Can I say that, can I say what happens at the end where, like, like no. they finally get to, they do finally, can I say they finally get to? Oh, I mean, well, it's part of the plot. They're, they're going on a road trip to see this guy's sweetheart. Yeah. Um, and they, and get, they there. get there. Yeah. They do. Okay, so I can say that. Sure. Anyway, I totally, it's like, this is interesting because like we, t- we talked about this when, when Richard uh, came over before the show and because I was watching the end of it and like, you know, like you finally, after all this time, you see Oliver's girlfriend and she's smoking hot. But that's true to life. Every girl at his high school was really hot. So. Uh, true. So it's like, <laughs> so it's like, whoa, okay, I drive that far to say hi to her or goodbye because she's going to America forever. Uh, well, she she was uh, at the time. So the idea is that um, my high school sweetheart, who is my wife right now. Oh, this is about you. No, it's, it's autobiographical. It's about, it is not. It is. It's not kinda. autobiographical. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, we're gonna get to those <clears throat> questions. Okay. So, but my my wife, who back then was my girlfriend. She was moving to the U.S. Who apparently is a total babe. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, if the casting is any indication, anyway. And she's probably going to listen to that, so good yes. thing that you said yes. <laughs> I mean, I'm probably not going to meet her, so it's not that awkward. Anyway. Um, but yeah, Toad's yeah. cute. Toad's cute. And then she's wearing this perfect white dress, and you're like, yeah, of course. Wow. Um, okay, so I want to, uh, you know, this is a music show, and so what we're going to be doing uh, in this episode, uh, <clears throat> there are some, you know, really cool soundtrack selections, or like, I mean, the soundtrack itself is just really cool. Um, what's the next song that you uh, would like to play from the, from the <clears throat> movie soundtrack? 
So we're gonna hear um, Alex Ferreira's Dulus Dominicus. Can you tell us about like what role that song played in the movie and like why you chose it? Um, so it was the first song we knew we wanted. Um, okay. Wow. The idea is that it talks about going through the island, like, and how beautiful the island is. But it, so it's I, like a love song to the Dominican Republic. Yeah, and then the other thing is that uh, so we 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 edited the film um, with this amazing filmmaker called Israel Cardenas um, and he goes with the flow of the film like he understands the film and he goes he, and he creates like the beat of the of the of the movie the pacing yeah so but we wanted a song that had like a strong bass line and a strong drum line mm-hmm. to actually cut uh, the the song the sorry the film with the with the beats of the of the 
So cut the film with the beats of the song. So basically the the the, the song is So we, you know, you So you were trying to sort of recreate that rhythm in the film in a way, in yeah. like the way it's cut? Yeah, in the not in the way the moments that the song's the song is being used, the it's cut to that beat. And it gives you like a really Caribbean, non-Caribbean rhythm at the same time. What kind of what kind mm-hmm. of beat is that? Um, no, I don't know. Actually, I don't think it's like a Caribbean. Yeah, it's not really a Caribbean beat, but there is something beachy about it, and I yeah. feel like there's always something beachy yeah, about Alex like Ferreira. I feel like there is a little bit of like a Caribbean rhythm, but not Caribbean. Yeah. And I've, I've noticed there's a lot of musicians these days who are doing that. They're making something that feels Caribbean, but if you're like, what kind of a beat is that? It's not. <laughs> yeah. So. Which I like, you know? The, the thing is that um, growing up in the Mercury Republic, one of the things that uh, growing up as a... Uh, so growing up in a high school that we did... And, Which, uh, by the way, is the school that you see in the movie. Yeah. Like It was shot there? You, know you the, went the, back and shot a movie at your high school? Yeah, yeah. How rad is that? You know the part where they're like sitting there on the bleachers? That's the, I was, the when that when that cut in, I like, I okay, yelled. I totally understand. Because like I, I had like kind of an intense high school experience myself. It was like a kind of a small school. Oh, I had a great high school experience. No, like when, I, when I I, say It's intense, not like the American experience. When I say no. intense, I mean like we're like, not like bad, like as in like, it was kind of a small school. We were all super close. Yeah. There wasn't cliques. We were, like, divided up by, like, what art area concentration we right. had. And we really respected each other based on, like, their, our, the art form we pursued. And it was, like, not like a lot of people's high school experiences. Well, right. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm always, I always talk about how privileged I think we were. Because, like, the, uh, you know, e- even down to the system of, like, how here you go from classroom to classroom to classroom. And it's, like, there's a teacher always based in one classroom. Like, it was the 30 of us, roughly in this room for 10 years, you know, and that was it, you know? And so like about like people would come and go or whatever, but there was a core, like 20 people that were always there. Yeah. Um, and so like, you know, people are like, Oh, I I go, I go to high school with her or I went to high school with her. But I'm just like, no, those are my friends from high school. Because like, even if you didn't really care for each other, you were friends because you were there 10 years together. Yeah. Yeah, And like, I still like, I, I'm still very close with a lot of my high school friends, which I know like a lot of people aren't. And so it's just like, sometimes you have a different high school experience. I can totally get that. Like anyone who like went to LaGuardia up here that they're like, yeah, they went to LaGuardia and they went to LaGuardia and it's like a, almost sort of a familial thing. Yeah, so in our, in our case, I don't think the soundtrack of our of our adolescence was uh, it was Incubus. Yeah, I, I guess. <laughs> um, so this film really actually should have been soundtracked by like Incubus. Who else? Um, I, What's the uh, honest uh, soundtrack I, to this movie? No, but wait, wait, wait. So the idea is that <laughs> it is really honest in a way that we didn't listen to Caribbean music. Right. You know, like we... That's, well, that's true. But then there is like, it's Caribbean music. Actually, Richard was saying that like, he felt like, you know, there should have been more bachata and stuff N- like that. Well, no, because I, I, and I, and I added to that. I was just like, because, you know, like, for example, like there's scenes in conchos or something. And I'm like, I'm, I was surprised not to hear like a bachata or something. And then I was thinking, I was like, how expensive that might be for this film or what have you. Because this is not like a Tom Cruise Spielberg movie, you know. It's just but like, like it's, these are indie kids. But they're, that's why like, I'm saying I recognize them from my high school because they're that, like art school kids. Yeah. Mm, so the photographer, the writer. I don't think we were like really, like we were not incentivized to be artistic. Right. We were incentivized to be independent. I guess our high school was like into you like 
having your own voice, but not necessarily being artistic. Yeah. The Dominican Republic is really um, practical in a way that it 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 only like it has like basic tracks. So you're going to be an architect, a doctor. Yeah. Uh, you you might be an art. Um, I don't know. You might get to or to Chabon. That is like the only like that's university like the big art school. Yeah, that's an art school. Yeah, yeah. Okay. and but that's it. And, and that's then, the one. Yeah. So going back to the, the the music, the idea was that when we we started uh, coordinating the soundtrack, like we we thought about bachata and merengue, and um. And at that moment in my life, I was really into, uh, like, I was, I was re- rediscovering Johnny Ventura. Mm-hmm. But as Richard said, we only had, like, $2,000 for the soundtrack. So what we did was we, uh, so I'm, I'm a close friend with, um, with Mula, with Las Acevedo. So I spoke to them, and I told them, like, we have $2,000. Let's try and make the best soundtrack that we can. And we started, like, looking around the indie scene in Latin America. Right. Understanding that for $500, we could buy a, a song. Um, and that's what we did. Uh, and, I, and going back to the high sc- to our high school... I think you did a great job stretching that. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah, I'm like... Indie filmmaking is, lives, people. It can be done. And that's why I'm like, there's music in here. Like, you guys did good. And, like, again, working with Anabel uh, Acedo, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, um, she knows her shit and yeah. like and no I mean and like the music choices are perfect and they actually like score the music I heard really to well. soundtrack your movies everybody that's all I'm saying <laughs> anyway and, and, the, the, and this guy can direct your music videos too yeah you know he's he knows music so yeah thank you so I don't the other thing is that about our our I think part of our of our high school experience was uh the road trips were heavy on on ambience yeah like there was not, there was not a soundtrack within the bus of our high school trips. There was more talking and more like endless conversations. And and when we got out of the bus, we would not play the radio. We would listen yeah. to to what was surrounding us. So true. Part of uh, part of our intention was not to overuse music on the film. Good. Well, we're going to I want to take a quick music break. So you talked that when you were making the film, actually, you were rediscovering Johnny Ventura. Yeah. What's a song by Johnny Ventura that you like really like that that our listeners would really enjoy today? So we're going to listen to El Pinguino by Johnny Ventura. Uh, It's on the album El Pinguino. (laughs) Cool. That means penguin. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) El Pinguino, mami. Baila Luis, sí. 
Caballo Mayor y Los Potros, with, which was a band formed by his kids. Um, yeah, that was really cool. So it's just like you have the, the horse and then the, what do you call a baby horse? Um, a foal. Okay, so it's the foals, I guess. Huge. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, Johnny Ventura, like I was just saying before, like he tried to run for president? No, he tried to Senate? run for a political office, I guess. Yeah, and he, he just didn't yeah. win. But yeah, Johnny Ventura is just like that's the soundtrack right there. That's that's that Dominicanidad to a T. Um, and it's it's really interesting because uh, to me the movie it it reads as a sort of a love letter um, to Dr. Um, I wonder if you were inspired maybe by nostalgia since you don't really live there anymore. Like, or I mean, I don't know how often you get to go back, but you live here now, yeah. So yeah, I moved. I moved to. I migrated from the Dominican Republic in 2010. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, in 2009, uh, I went to Barcelona to live, um, and then we came to New York. Um, and no, I don't think we. I think it's more. When so. Um, when I got to Barcelona, I got to do what I wanted to do in life, and was to study film, and. I got really, really pissed about the idea that um, that I 
that I had to wait like 10 years of my life to actually do what I wanted to do. Right. Um, and then... And you then, mean like the idea of working your way up through the film industry? No, no. Because in the, the Dominican Republic right now, for the first time, they're opening... Well, there's the public university in Santo Domingo, in the capital. It has a uh, film. Uh, it has a film career, but... Uh, but I but I got a scholarship to go to another university and my dad was like I'd rather you use the scholarship and then I'll pay for a master's and you can do whatever you want but I'd rather you have like uh, you know like a, like a base yeah like a base like if you could, couldn't make film at least you could be a lawyer so I started <laughs> I'm he's like you could always still be a lawyer yeah <laughs> Consider well, I, being a lawyer. I Have you thought about being a lawyer? No, but my dad was actually really like supportive. Actually, That's like I, I okay. cannot, I cannot. <clears throat> it's just that it was really expensive to send me to to Santo Domingo, or even really, really expensive to send me to the U.S. to right. study. Um, well, we have because there's there's so much of this movie that I like. At first, I was just like shocked because I saw so much of my life and my experience in there, and then I got to like really look, at, and I'm like. Like wearing I, dockers to school every day? Well, yeah, yeah, but but not that. But more like the photographer character, Moises. That's you, right? I mean, I, I obviously all parts him. of it. But like, I they're, remember. I think they're all him. I remember him. In I remember ways. us being in high school, and Guillermo like was the one who had a camera and like running around and. Yeah. So um, in high school, I like Richard said we we were all of us were really close. But I was, like, really, really close with two other boys. Uh, so one was called Miguel. Well, he's called Miguel. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, the other one is called Pablo. And, um, and we, the three of us, had ideas of how we were going to grow up. Right. And that didn't happen. Like, Miguel wanted to be a chef, but right. he enrolled in medicine. So he wanted all of a sudden... So it's a little like Oliver? Yeah, no, like the contrary of He's Oliver. He- uh, Miguel is Hemingway, if I if I understood it correctly. I know. No, I don't know. <laughs> Let's not say that. So I'm not gonna say that. Anyway, we'll discuss that off mic. So that's the thing. This is how characters work. They're like, oh, who is that? And but it's there like, were there were mixtures. Look, as of someone who does a little yeah. bit of writing, you know, you start to make characters, and then they start from like different parts of other people that you've known, and then eventually they become their own characters yeah you know and like Hemingway reminds me a lot of my younger brother you know so and that's be- great after a while it becomes like somebody that you could they become they could be anyone you know it's yeah. not like oh I think you know what I'm saying I think the one of the things we did, that we did throughout the three years that took us to write the script was mm-hmm. just construct the characters uh, as real as possible and yeah, they're based kinda on friends, but they're not based on one friend. They're based on a bunch of us. They are um, amalgams. Yeah, and uh, there's a lot of me. There's a lot of Pablo. There's a lot of uh, Miguel. But there's a lot of my wife's friends as well. Um, and I, I think noticed, like at the end, um, the girl that Oliver was going to see seemed really close to all of them. Yeah. Because we really, we were really close, and like, we. Because also, I'm not getting in the car and driving across the country to like see, like a girl that like I've never even met. 
No. No, I mean, well, they all went to class they all, together. Yeah, they, yeah. All, they all knew her. Like, you know, like, there's that scene in the classroom, like, they're all just sitting there, like, all together, and it's just like, that's exactly what it was. That makes it yeah. plausible. It's also, like, the same plot of Road Trip. Yeah. But actually, uh, instead of being stupid, it's touching and beautiful and poetic. So, yeah, and, you know, it's it's similar to Tu Mama Tambien, and I, I yeah. guess, because um, all road movies in Latin America have something to do with that film well I also remember we were big fans of Ito Mama Tambien yeah. when we were in high school so I, was, also, I, I picked up on that and also I don't know I, I took a lot from Wes Anderson as well like, oh yeah because really there's like there's also the, like the very um, symmetrical the very shots. attractive older bohemian woman who plays a role in the film oh, yeah. right yeah right and she was great I mean and like my, you know my boyfriend like I was watching it because you know work but like my boyfriend was was sort of like walking around and like every time he would like stop he'd be like Holy crap, that's beautiful! You know, like the the the, the film is shot. Like, when I say it's gorgeous. poetic, I mean visual poetry. So this is we're gonna you. embarrass him here, but like we li- we liked this movie. It's absolutely gorgeous. So the the island is gorgeous. Right. So um and the light in this movie, man. Anyway, the light is real as well. <laughs> Look, Everybody so. needs to go watch this movie. I mean, Thank yeah, you. check it out if you can. <laughs> Let's plug it at the end. So, <laughs> <laughs> but it's coming out May twenty third on DVD. That's it. Uh, so the idea is that um, lo- the locations are so you can make the trip. Yes. So one of the other details about our our adolescence was that our high school was really into road tripping. Yeah. Like, really into it. Um, so we took road trips since first grade until the last grade. And the last road like trip... field trips? Like, as a class? Yeah, yeah but yeah. they were, like, overnight trips. So, like, yeah. you would, like... So, for example, when they go to Samana, right, and all that stuff, like, we did that the first year of high school. And yeah. it was, like, a two-day trip. You spent the night. We slept on the beach, and it was all that jazz. That's cool, because it's like, oh, you know, that's really important for education like kids should see their country yeah well um it's harder in this country but like we take class trips to washington dc as you know in middle school a lot of time in our case it's more about nature like experience nature so the last trip for example was we hiked the the tallest uh mountain yeah Yeah. pick in the caribbean it took us five days so yeah what yeah wait what grade were you in uh, that was senior year. Senior year. Oh, okay. Yeah. But like, yeah, that's okay. I mean, and like, don't make second graders do our, that. That's fucked up. Because here, <laughs> here it's a historical thing. Like when they take students to like Philly or DC or whatever. <clears throat> like in DR, it's more like know your country. It's small. It's manageable. So like they kind of divvy it up into like they split it in four. Right. So first year we went to like the north. Second year we went to the south. Third year we went to the east, and then senior year we went to the center. Yeah. Here we're going to be more like about industry. Like they'll take us to a power plant. <laughs> okay. Nice. Hey, we we did that as well. We did Water that as treatment well. plant. But when we okay. were kids. Yeah, I see. Okay. Which was fun. Yeah. So the idea is that uh, we road tripped a lot, and um, and uh, the trip on the film. Uh, when I was a kid, my dad was really into turismo interno. That's something that we say a lot. Um, that is basically like... Um, See your country. So, yeah. So, and my dad is a psychiatrist, so we did. We used to do, like... He used to visit patients in small towns. Oh, so, cool. yeah, so all my uh, childhood was basically road tripping throughout the country. And uh, so there's things about my childhood and my adolescence. And, um, and then... Going back to the soundtrack, my dad was really into folk music. 
not necessarily into merengue and bachata. So I remember looking through the window and not and hearing Paul Simon or hearing uh, Bob Dylan or hearing, in some cases, because um, my dad and my mom uh, lived in in Madrid in the 80s, so like hearing La Movida, like really, really loud, like Mecano um, and things like that. We were just talking about, in the last episode, it was our Mother's Day episode, and we were talking about the kind of music that our parents introduced us to and yeah. like how that's like super formative. It so is. So that's deep, you so know? So what's a, what's a song that your dad really liked that like that you remember your dad always really enjoying or likes um, I keep speaking in the past and I'm sorry no it's okay my dad is alive <laughs> <laughs> like everybody's still alive guys there's so let's, no death let's do this as as uh, kitsch as possible so let's go with Amor de Hombre by Mocedades okay cool so let's listen to that and we'll be right back Si estás queriendo 
Okay, so um, that was great. And um, I'd like to find out a little more about you. Um, for instance, you know, um, is this your first film? What else? Ha- like, what are, have you done other projects? So this is my first film as a director and writer. Um, before that, I've done, I did like four short films that were not great, I guess. They were really bad. <laughs> um, Practice runs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they were exercises. And, um, and as a producer, I, had, I produced two films, one a horror film and one a romantic comedy. Um, Interesting. So I then, can the can you make um, next? I would really like for you to make a romantic horror film because those are great. Oh, okay. No, I, I'm actually. Real- I, I like a love story with zombies in it. I'm all about it. Cool. <laughs> so, um, right now, I'm producing a. Uh, I'm producing actually a, a, an LGBT slasher film in the American Republic. That sounds super fun. Yeah. So I'm uh, here for that. <laughs> a uh, a guy that is. Um, Going around killing lesbians. Um, That's fucked up. Don't kill the that lesbians. That makes me sad. Yeah. Leave the lesbians alone. <laughs> yeah, please. Save the lesbians. Um, uh, so we're putting that on a t-shirt. <laughs> yes. No, because also, don't get me started. Save with, the lesbians. With like Song and Mess logo right <laughs> under it. Yes. So my influences. Um, that yeah, was also, a question, right? I get it. But wait, please One, two, carry for on. Jesus, because I'm going to ask you like a real interview. Hang on. Okay, so that's cool. So um, you mentioned earlier that uh, you know you feel like there was kind of a Wes Anderson vibe on this movie. So like, talk about how Wes Anderson influenced you, because I got kind of the same feeling. Where like you have this like squishy, happy, sad feeling in the movie when you're watching it. It's like almost too tender. So um, I think uh, it's really hard to be like middle class. Like uh, I basically, I, I grew up in a bubble. Um, right. I think Wes Anderson, Wes Anderson's films are basically from the point of view of a like a really really uh, naive world, and our middle class was really naive. I think right now it's awake or getting awake, but That's in that moment. Uh, our middle class was really in a bubble. So, so Wes Anderson is is the poet of the middle class in a way that resonates globally. Oh, I, I don't know if I would say that, but he, he he's so um, uh, so everything is so pristine, right? And everything is so um, artificial. But everything that, is broken. All the yeah. people are broken. Yeah, but the people, the characters, but. The world that he portrays I is guess so that contrast is one thing that's really cool about his movies. Yeah, 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 and the way that is the camera moves is so artificial that it it is always telling you that it's a film, but at the same time it's a, the the characters are so real that you get into the film, even though the media the so even though the camera is so 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 artificial, and in and in, in my case. What I wanted to do was I wanted to do I wanted to have two cameras basically. So within the car, when you're in a car, it's really elliptic, uh, and it's even though it's in motion, you're not in motion. Right. You're static in a car. So the camera within the car is really really static. Or once you get out, life is not static. Life is not elliptic. Life it's actually real time. Right. So the camera moves a lot. Uh, we don't cut that much. And it's not really elliptic. So within the car, that the same thing happens with editing. 
So within the car, the conversations are sometimes like in media res. So you come in at the middle of it or you come in and or, or it doesn't end. It's like endless conversations because when you're in a car, when you're in a road trip, sometimes you fall asleep and you wake up and there's another conversation or you get distracted by something and something else comes in. Um, like one of the lines that we cut that I really liked was that, um, so like, what is the moment in your life that you never forget? And, uh, one, so I, I asked that to my friends and one of them said, like, I remember that the, the time that I found out that Santa Claus wasn't real. And I was like, oh yeah, I remember that. And then, and I, and then we were like in silence for a moment. And one of them said, like, I remember the time the Dragon Ball ended and we had like a minute, a minute of silence. I know who said that. <laughs> so, um, and that's being in a car. And I don't think like movement within the car was necessary in that sense. Um, no, I didn't notice that. But like the movie, I what I noticed was the movie was very naturalistic. And I think that it, maybe it's like details like that that um, sort of evoked, you know, the way life actually flows. So going back to Wes Anderson, so the film is really artificial in the way that it portrays the outside because it is in a bubble so our yeah, nothing really bad happens to them but no. i was really worried about them all Me the time too. <laughs> but it's just because like they seem so fragile like and you you show them that way like you film them like from you feel them from underneath um when they're in the water yeah and like they, you know, Were you waiting I'm, for a shark to show up? Of course I was waiting for bum, a shark. I have a lot of anxiety, everybody. Um, um, <clears throat> I want to I try to go back for a moment. to You, you said that um, Dominican middle class was, and maybe still is, uh, a bit naive and in a bubble. Because um, there, there were two specific moments in the film where I feel like you tackled, I mean, there might have been more, but there were two that really stood out to me where you kind of tackled... Um, sort of like social concerns in, in Dominican Republic. One was the interaction between uh, one of a, a Haitian character that appears and then sort of like a soldier or a, a police authority okay. type deal, um, which, of course, is a direct allusion to, you know, the racial tension between Haiti and, and, and Dominican Republic. Um, and then there was another one uh, when they're all in a concho and then there's this, you know, middle-aged gentleman that gets into an argument about politics uh, with, with, these, with these kids, which, A, is super real to me because, you know, if... That shit happened. <laughs> if there's no conversation to have, you just default to politics in DR. That's just how it goes. Um, and then, two, it was the divide of, like, these kids being very of the now, which is just like, fuck politics, fuck all these presidents and senators, and they're just stealing and blah, 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 blah. And then this older gentleman who's lived some life who's like, yeah, fuck them, they all steal, but at least this guy built some roads, which the other guy didn't, or whatever. Um, and I, I was just curious to see like what your thought process was when including these sort of themes in, in the movie. So in 2010... Um, the the tension between the Dominican Republic and and Haiti went up, and um and then the the earthquake happened, and we right. and we were really 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 like helping Haiti, and then um and I I didn't know about that. Yeah, we were like the first country. Yeah, uh, of course we were next to them, but we were Share really really. But it's a complicated relationship. 
It is. We don't have to get into it. But we did not grow up as middle class um, naive boys. We did not grow up in a place that was anti-Haitian. We were actually like really diverse. Like we we didn't have, we did not have a uh, a classmate that was Haitian, but we did have professors that were Haitians, and it yeah. was not there was not a racial tension i at the same time when when uh so like when i was like 13 we moved and we moved to a place that was not totally built right so there was a lot of haitians like building next to my house so i started hanging out with them and i practiced karate with them i like i i created a friendship with them and one of them disappeared all of a sudden so i was like oh and and that really touched me like the idea that a person had to go back to Haiti and he never came back and I never knew what happened to him was like so like, this would be an incident that maybe violated that bubble yeah um I needed to put that in cause oh, it's not true I'm happy you put it in it's not true that we, all of us are like anti-Haitians we are right. we actually love our brothers right. and we help them and we, as a community, a lot of times we live with them and there's not, not a single problem. To help illustrate a bit of what Guillermo was saying in terms of Dominican Republic and Haiti's relationship, we decided to go ahead and play Rita Indiana's Da Palodo. <laughs>
Well, and then like again, please try to shed a little light. I mean, I've been, you know, I've I, I have I left Dominican Republic this summer, thirteen years ago, and. Um, again, the political unrest, the the sort of like disenchantment of of young people versus people who have lived through some serious stuff, um, who are just like, oh, it's not as bad as it was ten years ago, fifteen years ago. Yeah. So I think growing up, I think people that will grow up through Trump mm-hmm. are going to have a, a similar experience that we have. Okay. So when you don't trust your government, there's this little thing that starts growing in you that all of a sudden you don't give a fuck, basically. Right. Um, and you, and it's not that you don't give a fuck about your life. It's, it's just that there's part of you that gets corrupted and you get disenchanted. And, um, and we, as kids, grew up during the last period of a dictatorship and then we went into democracy. Um, He's using scare quotes yeah, as he says sorry. that. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm very tickled by. So, uh, but the idea is that we went into democracy, but we went into another dictatorship, basically, because right. uh, one political party has been in power, like, for 20 years. Um, El PLD has yeah, been yeah. in power that long? Yes, from 1996. Since, uh, since Leonel, yeah. Yeah. Shit, so I you, never thought of that. So at it's, it's 16 years basically. Yeah, but still. Yeah. So, um, but just imagine that Trump is your president for 16 years. Uh, there's no. There's yeah feeling that you get that. That's kind of everything. Yeah. So you get this feeling that, uh, like, politic like the political part of your life is not important anymore. Right. And um, and when you hear someone say that the dictator actually built roads, you're like, "Fuck you!" It it killed that part of me. So, yeah, we put that in, uh, understanding that one that's real. Like you get that conversation all the time, and two, because it was really funny, and the actor is like hilarious so we you thought that was funny I thought that was tense I mean I thought it was real but I didn't think it was funny. I was tense what was going on but then when they got off it stressed the, me um, out when, when they got off the bus and then I saw they were laughing I was I laughed yeah because at the end of the day like nothing uh, was going to happen true it's just you get kicked out and that's it um, in that sense I think um, I think we can we can hear that song the yeah. song that ends that moment um, it's called Caracoles by Kanaku y el Tigre. Salam, esme man parshane, va shoma darim be dostaye man Kanaku y el Tigre gushmidin dar Lima, Peru. Cojo caracoles del jardín Nos hemos entregado todo Por una cruel ausencia alguna vez Es inútil convivir con la inocencia en alto Los tengo en celuloide Y colgando en mi pared 
Puedo prescindir del llanto cuando tomo un poquito de más, un poquito de más. Si de pronto aprendemos a matar, salimos a cazar. Quisiera crear. El Tigre. They're uh, Peru. They're Peruvian, right? Yes, they're Peruvian. I have got. A, I've got their record. This is. It's really good. Yeah. Uh, I, I. A lot of people have told me about them, and I still like. I. I, I keep being like, I'm gonna listen to it, and I. Mm-mm. I, don't know, I think their most recent record is a little more rock, but they're mostly like um, a folk group. Yeah, huh. that's cool. We used it as a um, um, musical moment, basically, to mm-hmm. go from one point to another one. Dope. So you said that you were working on a few other things. What what else can we expect from Guillermo Swain? So right now, uh, we just finished a uh, a film in Ecuador mm-hmm. called uh, Black Hole. Wait, were you in Ecuador or just somebody out there was making and you were producing um, from afar? So I was producing from afar, oh, okay. uh, but it's kind of complicated. Uh, sure. We did send uh, Dominicans there because it was made. It's a Dominican. It's an Ecuadorian Dominican film, so Dominicans have to be part of the film. Okay. Um, so it's about Dominicans in Ecuador. No, not at all. It's about a uh, a frustrated writer who uh, moves into uh, a gated community in Quito. Okay. Um, and he misses his bohemian life. So he falls in love with his next door neighbor who is 15 years old. Okay. Yeah. That's a thing. Yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> it's like, uh, it's basically, we tr- we're trying to sell it as a mumblecore 
in Quito. I no, feel like no. mumblecore is more your territory than mine. <laughs> I've never seen any of these mumblecore movies, no? but like in this, in it's like, more imagine, my territory in the sense that I will totally sit through it if like somebody like brings it into my life. Imagine like Francis Ha in Quito. That's what, that's what I'm going to say. Or, or okay. Woody Allen in Quito. Oh. Woody Allen is not we don't mumblecore, like Woody Allen. but what? Sorry, you said you didn't like it. Or? I don't like Woody Allen. No, I don't like it. I'm, I don't. I don't support him. He's I, problematic. He's problematic, yeah. He's like he, Bill Cosby, but he hasn't get arrested yet. Problematic as in, like, I'll fight you. Truth. <laughs> but what I'm trying to say is that, like, his style in Quito. Okay. Um, okay, just, I'm not going to lie. Woody Allen in Quito sounds fun. Yeah, yeah. I, I would maybe watch that. I don't know. On TNT. I don't know. Because the one in Barcelona is horrible. <laughs> oh, which one was that? Oh, uh, the- Vicky Cristina Barcelona. Oh, yeah, really? no, that, that sounded gross because it's like, uh, I don't want to hear about your stupid gap year vacation. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, that's. Well, I, I don't know. Whatever. Fuck Woody No, Allen, because it's like you, I don't know. I haven't seen that movie, but it's like, you know, when somebody like comes back from being in Europe and they're like, oh, yeah, and I had sex with amazing people and blah, blah, blah. And it was so crazy and wild. And I'm like, I really don't fucking care. At me next time, Beverly, because that's going to be me in two weeks. So yeah. fuck you. No. Well, in your case, I'm all yours. I'm going to tell you about all my sex exploits. This is different. That's different. It's going to be great. You can, I'll tag you. You can, like, <laughs> double tap. Um, okay, so we're reaching the end of this odd interview. Um, what else should we know about this movie? Um, okay, so the film premiered at Miami International Film Festival, okay. and it played, like, uh, around 60 other film festivals. Mm-hmm. It played all around the world. Um, and uh, going back to... Our reality. Um, I think uh, one of the things that I really liked about the film is that uh, it's like our high, like it's from the point of view of an adolescent that had that had not figured out that what he's doing is dangerous. So a lot of things that we did was dangerous, yeah. but we didn't know it at the moment. We just figured it out like ten years after. Uh, oh. How did we actually survive that? Which actually, if you've never had to ask yourself that question about your adolescence, I'm sorry. Yes, me too. I'm really sorry about well, that. Also, the, the DR of today and from 10 years ago or 15 years ago when we were doing these things is not the same. I mean, the economy and yeah, yeah, politically, yeah, yeah. it's just, you know, a lot of shit is different. Like, it's, I I mean, I, I talk to my, to my parents regularly-ish and, like, you know, they'll say like shit is more dangerous now. I don't it know is. if it's I don't know if it's their paranoia or if it's just generally more dangerous. It is more dangerous, but let me give you an example. Like when we were around fifteen, uh, we had a road trip, uh, a field trip to uh, the south, um, and the south is the poorest part of the Dominican Republic, and we went to something called a bate. Uh, to give out food and supplies. I remember. And it got dangerous really fast. Uh, as we said, uh, there were a lot of beautiful uh, teenagers there. Um, and we uh, decided to go back to the bus. Uh, but we forgot someone. <laughs> that someone was Richard. And that moment actually was really dangerous. You don't remember this? <laughs> no. They almost forgot you? Uh, yes. <laughs> really? I knew we'd get a good story. Yeah. Uh, I have a ton. Uh, so the, was the, I the, drinking? Because that's, that's the first time I got drunk <laughs> was on that. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it got really intense. That's really? On the video. Yeah. We forgot you. And it was I know, so they for forgot a moment, one of the beautiful it girls. was really, really, really dangerous. 
I don't remember any of this. You were surrounded by people begging you for food. And it's, I, don't, I don't think that moment was dangerous now. I think we were exaggerating, but it could have become right, dangerous. No, absolutely. Um, and this that, is one of these things where, like, later, 10 years later, you realize, oh. Oh, no. Because you know I love telling a good story, and that's a crazy story. It is. How do I not remember this? I don't Dude. know, Richard. I've blocked most of my adolescence out. Really? Because so. oh, that was my favorite trip of all the trips that we yeah. took in high school. That was my favorite one. It was beautiful. That well, was, you you it was were cool. drunk. Apparently, you were blackout drunk. In the drunk. daytime. Uh, <laughs> I don't think we were drinking that day. <laughs> no, not yet. But, like, I don't remember. I, oh, my God. That, that is fucking scary. Maybe, maybe you didn't notice that. I probably didn't. I, you, know what? You, I, you know what? I probably was never told to spare my feelings or something like that. That yeah, is okay. that is entirely likely impossible. Thank you for keeping this from me for <laughs> yeah, good fifteen actually, years. Actually, like a lot of my the stories from like when I was a teenager, I don't remember. I don't know what people are talking about because I'm like, wait, that happened? I did that because like I saw it from a completely different perspective. Yeah, because I mean, like, there's <clears> like I was so um, when I when I moved to South America, like I I put all my shit in like storage upstate, and a lot of stuff I didn't get back. And so like for example, I got my yearbook back like a month ago. And I hadn't seen my yearbook in eight years. And so, like, I was looking through the pictures and looking at the anecdotes and stuff. And there was so, so much stuff. Guillermo's high school picture is going to be our art for this episode, right? Yeah, yeah we can do that. I don't mind. Stoked. Okay. Good. But not, not, not like, the, my, my yearbook picture. You can take whichever. No, not, not, the, like, the, not the really corny, yeah, like, school. That, or, picture. like, a still from the movie. But it'll be, like, something be dumb of us, like, in the bleachers. Like, yes. That, that moment at the beginning of the film when, like, these three kids are sitting there on the bleachers in school, like, that was us. We had so many dumb conversations yeah. Like, just sitting there, just being dumb. Yeah, looking back, I'm like, wow, I thought I had so many deep conversations with my friends from high school, but what the hell were we even talking no, about? We, we knew literally nothing about we were life. being aggressively ridiculous. Like, yes. That's, that was, that, that's, what I'm, that's what I remember most about, about high school, is just trying to be ridiculous and funny. Yeah. Like, I, I, I never it, laughed that much. But, so, going back what, to what you said, it, it, I think the, the, the film is really sweet. Because our adolescence was really sweet. Yeah. So we didn't have cliques. We didn't have bullies. Although shout out to las hijas de la madre de la well, puta no, madre or whatever. Take that out, man. That was really. They hated me for years. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> okay, what happened? There, there uh, was a the, click. Okay, yeah, it fine. Was a click. It was like the oh, one. So there was click. a click. But what do they call themselves? Puta madre. No, 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 I said that out loud for you some reason. You called them that. So the idea is that. So we had a map. <laughs> this is not going in, right? Why not? This no, is no, because they're not going to listen put, to put it. Puta Madres, that, that is the mothers of whores? No, they were like las hijas de la madre tierra of Mother Earth. Yeah. Did they, like they, that's they what they, they called themselves. Yeah, so we were had a map. Hippies? No, no, no. So we no. had a map, like, like going back from... There were girls that were into crystals. Yeah. Hippies? No. Okay. Yuppies. Yeah. Okay. So there, there was a map, like a road to Mordor. Yeah. And you had to go through, like, all the cliques. But there wow. were no cliques. So you did have cliques. No, but it was like they weren't shitty clicks. I understand. It wasn't quite clicks. It was more like the collections of people. Yeah, like, who hung out with three nerds no, over are, there? There are circles of friends. These three I girls know. over there. Like at my high school, like the closest thing you had to a click was like, oh, that's who I eat lunch with. We were also mm. fucking crazy nerds. In, yeah, we were in, in all high of us. I know you told me. I'm so jealous. So, Although, like, not that my high school wasn't super nerdy. I think more than clicks, we had like, like, grades. Like our grade was okay. a bunch of. Um, Nerds, yeah, and beautiful ladies, yeah. and then like the the one above us was like 
like un montón de plásticos, I guess. I They didn't were, pay attention to anybody that was not in our. I don't. I I was like, that's something that stayed with me to this day. I'm like, I don't have time for you. you okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so but, I, I couldn't tell you. But yeah, and we all ate lunch together. Yeah. That was like really sweet. Uh, to the point that um, we even had a strike where we decided not to eat lunch from the cafeteria. Because they and, raised the prices. Yeah, them. and um, and we ate all together like in a picnic. It was beautiful, I guess. <laughs> until was... until they penalized and us by taking like senior activities from yeah. us. How do you say civil disobedience in Spanish? Desobediencia civil. Exacto. So actually, um, I wanted I wanted to start a new thing with our episodes where um, there's a Spanish word of the day. Come on, gringos, we can all learn together. I'm trying to learn. I'm trying to make time. I think the word for this episode would be coño. Okay. Because that comes up a lot in the podcast. Um, Guillermo, what, what does that mean? Why do they say it so much? Oh, so, coño means vagina. Um, literally, it, it, that's what it is. But we use it as... as like fuck. Like fuck. As an expression of uh, everything, of I guess. Frustration. Yeah, frustration. No, and like that, it's like... It's funny. It's like this movie is really sweet, but that that that's also every other word. No, but yeah, the the I think the the vocabulary the vocabulary is as real as it could be. Um, like we in our hey, city. I was here for the fart jokes in that movie. That was oh, my that was real part. That was that was a I real fart. That, yeah. yeah, that was a real fart. So one of the actors was in a diet because he's actually twenty six, and we wanted him to look eighteen. So he had to like lose ninety pounds of muscle. So. Damn. Um, yeah, he was skinny for a while. This um, is uh, uh, Moises. No, Mo- Hemingway is that skinny. Oh, yeah, oh, okay. Moises is a little chunky, yeah. or like more so than the other characters. Yeah, he's he's older. So, so really he lost weight to to for the to role. Look yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I, and I, I couldn't. I wouldn't have known. So wow. also another favorite part of my movie is when he gets um, punched in the dick. That's uh, that was fun. Yeah, no, that was really fun. Um, it, 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 it seems like he deserved it. <laughs> Um, okay, we're nearing the end of the episode. Um, let's play one more song before we sign off. Okay, uh, so by well, my I, well, well, we'll have one and then one that where we sign off. But okay, so uh, we're gonna listen to Mateo de la Luna. Uh, that's the name of the band, and the song is called Ivan. Uh, and why this one? So this is actually because we're ending. This is the song that begins the trip. Okay. And it's about freedom. Um, and I think uh, one of the things that I've learned is that you are not as free. You will never be as free as when you're an adolescent because you don't have a lot of worries. They're only like your only worry is that your girl is going to go or that you're not going to um, you're not going to be what you think you're going to be. But you never are what you're supposed to be, I guess. Or you are, but you don't know it. Okay. So, and I think uh, it's a great leap way to ending this, I guess. Que esperamos el amor en las vías del tren estoy. Tirado tomando una birra con los chicos esperando que alguien nos venga a rescatar Pero es que estamos súper bien así Si esto no es el amor entonces ya no entiendo nada ¿Será que sos tanto mejor 
Desparamos el dolor Encerrado en mi cuarto estoy Tirado fumando unas flores Con los chicos esperando que Alguien nos venga a rescatar Pero es que estamos súper bien así Hoy todo está a la perfección Y somos como nenes jugando Será que sos tanto Mejor que los demás Tu aura cuando brilla Ilumina la ciudad Será que sos tanto mucho Mejor que los demás Tu aura cuando brilla Encandila la ciudad Pa, pa, para, pa Um, that they that they stumble onto just by chance or whatever, um, and he's you know this tall man with a beard smoking a pipe. He's like a um, national parks employee, yeah, something like that. Yeah, and um, the main character Hemingway, well, one of the main characters, I'm sorry, uh, Hemingway has you know to interact with him, negotiate to let him through to wherever they're going. Um, but I, what struck me is that the guy kind of looked like Ernest Hemingway, um, and I wondered if that was on purpose. It was not. Um, so the idea that uh, Hemingway is a character that decides not to call himself by his name. Right. Because um, he wants to be something that he, he's not going to be able to be. He's the only one that's right. Uh, well, I, I, he's... Okay. So, uh, but we created the character with that name because he hates his father. And Hemingway hated his father because he committed suicide. And at the end he commit, committed suicide himself. Hemingway? So it's this whole yeah. thing where, like, he's afraid of becoming his father. Yeah. But also he feels destined to become his father. Yeah. And also he really... He's a writer, so it's almost this thing where, like, he's sort of... He also wants to be like his father. Yeah. It's hell of complicated, man. Yeah, so... And uh, the characters that they meet within the film are, like, the... So our our main characters sometimes they feel a little bit like lineal, mm-hmm. but they encounter characters that are like really colorful. That's right. what's gonna happen when you road trip through the throughout the Dominican Republic and throughout yeah, and then anywhere. I, I was curious about some of the mean because they they ran, run into this famous photographer apparently. Yeah, that that happened to me, so I put it in there, and that guy um, is really like. So if you're doing a film that is so beautiful about the Dominican Republic, why right. not just shout out to one of the greatest, I guess. Was that, a, was that just like an actor or was that the actual... No, he's an actor. Oh, I was going to say, I was actor. like, holy crap. No. <laughs> <laughs> so who's this real photographer? Um, his name is Domingo Batista. That's the name of the character in the oh, film. Oh, so that was supposed to be him. Yeah. So he was supposed to be like a real photographer. Yeah, but when you see like his, his pictures are really, really mystical he, because he's like a true Christian, I guess. 
Um, I think and, I know who you're talking about. There's like black and white films with yeah. like the moon and the yeah, sea. Yeah, 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 I know exactly now, what you're talking about. Is this a guy who inspires you? Um, I, like when I was a teenager, I thought his photographs were beautiful and our, our high school was... He's one of the founding fathers of our high school, yeah. so his pictures are all, all around our high school. So, yes, and he gave us, like, a bunch of lectures when we were kids. Wow. I think I remember this. Yeah. Well, okay, I'm glad that we got to that, but also we've kept you here way too long. I have only one more question. Where can people see this movie you made, Algun Lugar? So, Algun Lugar, or On the Road Somewhere, um, uh, it's going to come out in DVD May 23rd, um, a few days from now. And um, it's going to come out also on Vimeo. It's on Amazon right now. Cool. And, but it's going to come out in Amazon and iTunes, uh, like... On demand. On demand, yeah. to buy. And, um, yeah, May 23rd. Uh, you can find it at IndiePeaks.com, uh, the DVD. And if you want to see it, I think IndiePeaks Vimeo is going to be launched that day as well with the film. And, um, and you can follow the film at Algun Lugar Film. That's going to be our Twitter handle, uh, Facebook, and Instagram. And I'm at G-Zwine, Z-O-U-A-I-N, in both Instagram and Twitter. And you can find me as Guillermo Swine in Facebook if you want to add me, and I'll add you. That's it. (laughs) And just, uh, again, to our listeners, just a reminder that you can find us, Song Mess, The Song Mess, uh, it's not the song mess anywhere. It's just regular ass song mess. Sometimes it's song mess music. Uh, but uh, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, iTunes. I- We're also on iTunes, guys. Where else can people listen, Bev? Stitcher. We're on Stitcher now. And, of course, regular ass SoundCloud, Google Play. <laughs> Review it. Rate Five it. stars. Give us Email a us at songmessmusic at gmail.com. Five, us, five stars only. Somebody give us a three star that was kind of shady, though Look, a little helpful. Whoever who fine. said that, listen to our new episodes. The sounds a lot better. Yeah, I, I was listening to a back episode, and at one point I did say, like, we got white people equipment. So, like, from from that point on, that's where the shit is cute. From, from before that, we were trying. Come back, guys. <laughs> we're doing better now. Anyway, I just want to give a huge, huge, huge thank you, a huge shout out to Guillermo Swine dude bruh bruh um bruh it's uh again I'm a little like overwhelmed like there's this is like a moment uh that like people not a lot of people know about my life pre-New York City so um I'm it was beautiful it was a beautiful life (laughs) it was cool I'm I I look forward to re-exploring it at some point you should make a movie about Richard's life please do um, okay. My ego would love it. Um, what is the perfect song for us to sign out with? What do you think we should go away with? Think about it. I mean, it can it be random? Fun. Well, let's let's give a shout out to Mula or like one. What's the Annabelle sang in one, right? Or yeah. Was it, or was it? They had two songs. Uh, so we're gonna listen to one of the so- soundtrack coordinators' song. Uh, it's by a uh, band called Las Acevedos, and the song is called De Corazones Rojos. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you guys next time. Adios. Adios. Hoy voy a escalar por tu ventana Horas antes de que empiece la mañana
Tu ventana con 